0: The Ron Hirschkorn here, your host of the e-commerce mindset podcast. And in this episode, I have Jeff Schick uh, on. Jeff is an attorney partner in Raffles and Schick, as well as Seller Basics. Uh, And in this episode, we kind of talk about uh, Seller Basics, why he uh, and Paul Raffleson decided to create this uh, service for uh, Amazon sellers, what they're currently seeing in the uh, space today as far as uh, reasons why sellers are having suspensions, got a chance to ask about um, account annotations, uh, you know, inside data from Amazon that that uh, sellers are able to get, what his thought process was on um, the risks in terms of uh, uh, accessing that data uh, and his take on it and what he's seen. So I think you'll find this interesting just talking in general about uh Issues that that sellers are facing today, and what prompted them to create this service called um, Seller Basics. And, you know, it's not common that uh, I really bring somebody on the podcast to kind of highlight a service, Uh, but I do think that uh, this is a valuable service that more sellers should know about uh, to help them uh, with consultations with attorneys, getting advice, as well as dealing with some of the headaches that uh, sometimes come with selling on Amazon. So I think you'll enjoy the podcast. The episode is sponsored by Incrementum Digital. Incrementum Digital is a growth engine for brands on uh, Amazon platform, as well as uh, Walmart, helping with creative services, brand management, as well as uh, advertising and DSP. Uh, You can visit incrementumdigital.com. In addition, if you're looking for growth capital, uh, in April alone, uh, we helped uh, secure over $7 million for sellers in funding uh, and approved a $1.3 million deal just over a weekend uh period of time really fast. Uh, so if you're looking for growth capital for your business for inventory marketing, you can reach out to me my email is in the show notes. And lastly, if you're looking to exit your business, a uh, lot of interesting things are, are happening in, in the space, I can help guide you to potentially the right buyer for your business you can reach out to me as well Uh, one of the next episodes you'll see uh, on the podcast is actually talking to a seller and a buyer uh, of that business on the on the episode which um, will be the next episode I think you'll find that interesting as well Uh, enjoy this episode with Jeff Schick Okay, so today on the show we have with us uh, Jeff Schick. Jeff is a partner at Raffleson Schick uh, Law Firm, as well as uh, co-founder of uh, SellerBasics.com. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Leron. Happy to be on
1: here. I appreciate you having us on on the call today.
0: Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, so I want to dive in a little bit to, you know, you, I believe, uh, started out as a seller. Um, and I, I believe still actually sell, um, oh, but not anymore,
1: unfortunately, due to
0: COVID uh, that, uh, oh. that
1: killed, killed it for oh, a while,
0: yeah. but we'll see You know what happens. You were, doing, you were doing a lot of arbitrage, right? So maybe Correct. that was a, was a, was a challenge um, with COVID, but um, certainly started out as a, as a seller and um, along the way encountered some of your own challenges and then having kind of a, a legal background um, caused you to, you know, create some solutions that you thought would be beneficial for sellers because you, you needed them at the time so I want to talk a little bit about um, probably a lot of people listening to this are not really familiar with seller um, seller basics but um, maybe you could talk a little bit about you know how seller basics kind of came to be and what exactly it is right so absolutely and I uh, again
1: thanks for having me on so yeah you're right i started selling in 2011 so i'm coming up in june it'll be my 10-year seller anniversary with dealing with amazon but um it uh you know seller basics really came about because when i was in law school i got suspended and that experience which we can talk about later really made me open my eyes because before that had happened i didn't know that sellers could get suspended on amazon it was just not something i had ever heard of i'd, I'd been to the uh, boost with amazon conference. But no one was really talking about suspensions there. They were just talking about, you know, growing your business. And so mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was, I, you know, the, I woke up one morning. I was actually on my way to the airport. And it was, I woke up at like three in the morning. I'm on my way to Atlanta airport. And I get this email from Amazon at, as I'm pulling into the airport parking lot at like four saying your account has been deactivated. And so, you know, so I, I just remember being like extremely tired, trying to wake up to being instantly awake and trying to figure out what this meant, what it would do, uh, you know what I was gonna do and coming up with solutions. So we wanted to make sure that there was a plan in place that both helped protect sellers from getting suspended in the first place and ha- ha- giving them support if they do get suspended. And so that's where Paul and I, when we you know came up with Seller Basics, um, along with some, some other people in the Amazon space that had brought it to our attention as a great opportunity, you know, we really wanted to, to come up with just this really comprehensive, seller-friendly, you know, seller-first program that gives them the basics they need for running a business. So it's protecting the business against suspensions, protecting your family against lawsuits, so like, things like LLC formation, to protecting your brand through things like copyrights and trademarks at a discounted rate, and then just overall you know, growing your business by giving these unlimited uh, consultations with licensed attorneys in the United States that can give you advice to, you know, help, help you make good business decisions so that you don't have to go through this landscape alone.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, when it comes to the world of suspensions and, and, you know, I want to, I want to come back to this because I want to ask you like what what you're seeing in terms of like, what are, what are things people should be kind of watching out for currently? But um, when it comes to suspensions um, you know, Typically, if you get suspended, I mean, you're in a major bind and you probably have inventory, you know, sitting that's not selling you, you know, your business, like Amazon holds on to your funds, like your your business kind of just like stops. It's very scary. Right. And I I think there's also a lot of people that have kind of sort of created a service to help sellers with suspensions, but the pricing doesn't necessarily match maybe with the amount of work. Uh, I'm not sure. But you know, it's like uh, thousands and thousands of dollars to you know five thousand dollars to get your your account back and in, in in working with you know some some of the services out there. Uh, also, which by the way do not guarantee right that they're that you're going to get back. Which again, uh, I can understand to some extent they're doing work anyway, but it's a significant amount of money to come up with for sellers. You know, uh, especially at a time where like they also also just kind of lost access to funds etc um right. so the idea behind seller basics was to kind of change that dynamic correct so the idea was
1: you know rather than hitting sellers you know kicking them in the gut when they're down because
0: you know getting a suspension I, I don't know have
1: you ever been suspended leron
0: uh, you, know, you what, don't have to answer but okay. no, no, no thankfully i've never i've never been never been suspended Okay. So,
1: uh, so, so I, so I know what it's like firsthand because I was actually suspended when I was in law school and just that, you know, that, that feeling of despair and hopelessness and not knowing what's going to happen. It's, it really takes a mental toll on you, especially when you're so invested in your business and you're, you know, every last dime is going into building this business. And then you just all of a sudden learn that you're shut off. And then the real kicker comes when you get the follow-up email, or if you read, or if they put it in the the intro email that they're going to hold on to your funds, you know, until it's resolved. And then you start freaking out because you have bills to pay. You know, you wonder how you're going to feed your family. You know, for me, I had a hundred thousand dollar American express bill due from vendors that was due a week, like in about a week after the date I was suspended. So I had a payout scheduled for a couple of days later and I didn't, you know, now I'm not sure how am I going to come up. I mean, uh, how am I going to come up with hundred thousand dollars to pay off American Express, or am I just going to have to call them and tell them sorry? You know, mm-hmm. you'll have to wait. You know, that's so not fun situations for for sellers to go through. And so that's really where you know the you know for seller basics, we took that. We're trying to take that fear away. First off, we have the unlimited consultations with attorneys, so you can protect your account to begin with. So we do account health reviews literally every day. Um, sometimes even on Saturdays and Sundays we'll do, you know, we'll log in with sellers to their seller account and and show them the things that are going on in their account that could cause them to get, to get suspended so that they can avoid getting suspended in the first place. Then the second aspect is the, um, the suspension benefit, where if you do get suspended, your case is going to be handled by licensed, you know, attorneys that are licensed in the United States, um, that are going, you know, are going to write your appeals and, and help guide you every step of the way until you get reinstated. And so, you know, that's really crucial because that means that sellers can, can share what, you know, they can share everything with us. It's protected by attorney client privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also you're dealing with licensed professionals, you know, not just some random person, you know, working off their computer that maybe started selling on Amazon two years ago. And now all of a sudden is a suspension expert that has no credentials. So, you know, that's the the you know, the key thing, the difference for for what we're offering. And and if you've been a member of Seller Basics for two for 60 days or more, you actually don't pay us to write the appeal. So we don't charge anything. It's just included as part of your membership. So you so even though it's that horrible time for you to be going through, at least you're not being hit up for, you know, well, sorry, that's gonna cost you now, you know, right. five thousand bucks, you know, or right. some crazy amount of money.
0: Right. So the idea is, you know, you don't want somebody to join this, like they got suspended, then they joined, and they're doing it as a, a as a way to kind of not not pay a fee. Like basically, you know, if you've been a member for two months and it's uh, it's a, uh, I think it's is it like $99 a month. Or, or it so, is, yeah, it's only 99 yeah.
1: bucks a month. So theoretically, you paid $198 in and you get suspended, you, you're going to get re, you know, we're going to write the appeal for you. And, you know, although we can't guarantee reinstatements just because we're right. you know, licensed attorneys, we can't guarantee results. Um, right. Our team is pretty passionate about what we do and we, we tend to get pretty good results in most cases.
0: So yeah. So it's a uh, it's a it's a protection plan in a sense of you know yeah. sort of p- paying in as well as having access to you know 20 30 minute consultations with attorneys that are unlimited, um, discounts on you know IP trademark, you know, LLC creation, uh, things that things that you need for your business uh as well as uh you know as well as this monthly uh as well as like protection against like i'm assuming suspensions or acings getting taken down et cetera that you you, that you're able to to get um to get help with right so um it's a lot better than having to deal with a five thousand dollar bill when you are uh you know now 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 not having uh, access to your account and and you you also have this kind of bill um so um you know, uh, yeah, and I imagine a lot of sellers just don't necessarily know that, that this exists. So, um, you know, I think it's a great op- opportunity to have have protection along with along with discounts on things you're going to need to do anyway in your business, like trademark, et cetera. Paul has done uh, just recently a, a trademark. Uh, actually, did a trademark assignment for me because uh, we were moving a brand from one account to another under a different LLC, and like these these are the kind of things that are like you know going to come up in your business that you'll need and um and and get uh get access to. Um what are you seeing as, you know, right now happening in the in the Amazon space for like things Amazon is taking action against that people should be thinking about or avoiding like what are you know like you know in the past month or two like what are some of the things that are coming up again again and again for uh, on, like suspensions or you know uh, issues people are having that where they have to write plans of action.
1: So that's a great question. Actually, what's interesting, the most th- common thing that we've been talking to sellers about lately um, in the last like week or two is not, it doesn't even have to do with suspensions per se. Like they're not writing plans of action for it, but they're just extremely worried about um, a lot of private label sellers are getting hit with these emails from Amazon regarding GTINs. That's the global trade mm-hmm. identification number. I mean, I don't know if you've seen these, these, these emails or not Leron. Yep. Yeah. So people are, they're contacting us. They're saying, what am I going to do? Because Amazon says they're going to suspend my products for not having a proper UPC code. Because a lot of times these sellers had purchased barcodes from like say barcodes.com or, mm-hmm. or something, not GS1, put it that way. Yep. And they're they're And now Amazon is, is threatening to take down their barcodes. And so it's been quite interesting so far, Amazon, Want to do to uh, to fix it, um, so they're not really you know they're not giving much guidance there, um, right? Whatnot. Because
0: you cannot change it's you can't change the identifying a product. You can't just get a an UPC and change it.
1: Right. But what we do think, but 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 what I do think is going to happen is I think they're going to come up with a fix it tool because usually when Amazon comes up with with these sort of you know grand plans, someone in you know the catalog department thinks this would be a great idea for, you know, for fixing the catalog, but they're not thinking about how it's going to impact, you know, everything. And so now that they're, you know, once they start running reports, then they get the computer programmers out to start, you know, actually coming up with a solution saying, well, you know, let's create a tool where sellers can input the ASIN and then put in the proper UPC or apply for a G10 exemption to take out the improper UPC. So... Of course, this is pure speculation, but that tends to be what we see Amazon, how they operate in these sort of situations. So I, you know. And it
0: just shows you like over and over and over again, like, you know, if you're a seasoned Amazon seller versus new or whatever, like not to cut corners because for the last few years, every month somebody is asking, do I need to buy a GS1 or should I just go with the $5 barcodes, you know? right and you know and good good people who would adv- you know are advising and stuff and saying like no get the gs1 even though yet today you might be able to get away with it um and you know no longer right like it seems in the last year or so i've seen amazon's amazon will sort of check it you know mm-hmm. um and and not necessarily approve the other the other barcodes but if you cut a corner like you'll end up paying for it in some way in, in the future with amazon that like just a lesson to just like spend the 250 bucks on GS1 or, or whatever it is. And, you know, and now I think GS1 allows you to buy also individual UPCs at a cheaper rate. So it used to be, you had to buy a bundle of like 10 or or hundred or something, but I think now it's actually cheaper from what I've seen. You just it have is. the ability to buy one UPC, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know if you can buy one, but I know that there's definitely some programs for, sp- for small businesses that they're trying to launch because I think they, yeah. s- they realize the problem. So yeah. I've had some sellers that I've talked to that have been able to get UPCs from GS1 that are fully valid that are as low as like two dollars per UPC. Yeah,
0: I yeah I think you can buy almost individual, maybe just in much smaller quantities, and um, and it's kind of like no longer a thing, but you know a major you know expense I guess for, for like a, especially a new seller, but um, you know just do things the right way and you will not you will not come up. So so that's been one thing um how about as far as suspensions you know i think it seems to me like amazon has in some ways you know from from the time i started selling 2014 2015 2016 2017 like until a certain point almost every year there was a suspension wave right right and that seems to have somewhat died down in a sense right where i mean now amazon gives you a warning first and they they've tried to become a little bit i think friendlier from that sense um Is that like, from you know, you're seeing a lot of this uh, much more, you know, than than I think I see it or or probably most people. Um, Is that what you're seeing? Like Amazon is less likely to just immediately suspend you without a warning or anything?
1: So they're more likely to give you a 72-hour notice. And that's Mm -hmm. actually thanks to Paul and I. We had lobbied the state of California when Mm -hmm. they were doing the uh, seller's bill of rights back in 2019. And so when we lobbied, you know, the the senators out there to to protect sellers, that was one of the things we brought up was how they would suspend sellers with Mm -hmm. no notice. And so they actually put into California law, um, I might've been taken out of the final bill, but for a while it was, it was pretty strongly in there that it was saying that Amazon, or I guess it wouldn't wouldn't say Amazon, but it would say the marketplace has to give reasonable notice to, uh, to its, you know, participants before suspending them. And so, because of that, you know, Amazon really took that to heart. And that's when we started seeing the 72 hour notice trend. And so the 72 hour notices, they still happen quite a bit. Um, um, but it's, you know, it's, we're finding, you know, we're, our team is really good. Um, you know, we love what we do. So we really good, really good at dealing with 72 hour notices. And so it's Mm -hmm. rare for one of our sellers to get suspended after if As long as they reach out to us, you know, right away and don't wait Mm till like hour 71. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of things recently that people have been suspended for intellectual mm -hmm. property continues to be just the hot button issue that we're dealing with, you know, week after week is sellers getting suspended for IP violations. Um, And so that's it really, but, and a lot of it has to do with just sellers either not doing their due diligence or not addressing IP complaints um, in a prompt fashion. But, you know, when it comes to like private label sellers, for instance, you know, you just you can't rely on what your manufacturer tells you. And, and just because it's for sale in Alibaba doesn't mean that you're allowed to sell it in the United States. And a lot of sellers don't realize that.
0: Got it. And so then you end up having some kind of company that owns a patent or IP or, or something uh, filing against you. And, and and Amazon, in that case, doesn't just take the product down. They are also taking further action. They have been. So sometimes it depends on you know it, you know as all things
1: amazon it depends on the the situation so it you know it seems to be you know how how many products are affected you know, if you have just one asin out of a catalog of 100 private label products then one ip complaint you know for patent infringement or for trademark infringement is not as likely to cause your entire account to go down um, compared to if you've got like 10 items in the catalog and you get three ip complaints so it's it's really a numbers game and only amazon's investigator well, you know, who's making that split section second decision knows the answer of what's gonna happen to you. So yeah. It's uh you know, and so it's really fact specific. So there's no hard and fast rule for like, well, if you you know, you've only got two IP claims, so you're good. Unfortunately that doesn't
0: you know, that's well, what what are your thoughts on, you know, um I will see sometimes conversations between sellers and and in in, in private groups with like uh Let's say bigger, I don't know, million, million, million dollar plus, not necessarily like the, the biggest, but just like in private groups where um, you have like some f- more vetted group of sellers, you'll have somebody who gets suspended and he says, um, I'm going to get the annotations. Um, like people are getting from wh- whomever, right? Somebody who's got a source of a source is getting like yeah. annotated data from, from an in, within Amazon so that they know how to respond to the um to to the suspension as to like what the reasons are et cetera. like i mean uh, what are your thoughts on on that in general um i mean obviously there's there's some someone doing something wrong along the way in order to get it right um, how risky is that for sellers to be playing with there's there's a guy he's got a service and he's like hey you know for 25 bucks i can get you the the notes so
1: i think it's extremely risky and here here's why um, for a while, people were saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this and order notes on my competitor as like a black hat tactic." But if, you, like, if I was, if you were to order the notes on my account and look at it, and then nothing changes from my side, then if Amazon was to ever see that, you see that activity because every put it this way, every time someone accesses an Amazon account within mm-hmm. Amazon, it's logged. So mm-hmm. if if Joe decides to type in my seller ID number and Joe is an Amazon, you know, seller. Pre- seller support rep or whatever yep. it is, you know, types in my merchant ID, it's going to leave a, a, a breadcrumb and say, right. well, Joe accessed it on this day and this time from this IP address within Amazon. So that's the first red flag. This, if, if nothing happens further, like I, you know, because someone ordered it on my account, they wanted to see what I was up to, then I'm not taking it. Jeff, you know, myself, Jeff, yep. I'm not taking any action. So Amazon's going to have a harder time building a case and saying that I ordered that data. So while they'll find that there was a da- an improperly accessed data breach right. within my account, they're not going to have any basis to say it's not like I took action. Now, people that order annotations on their own accounts and then use those reports mm-hmm. to make decisions, that's a really risky proposition because now you know Amazon still has that breadcrumb. So they know that the, their account was accessed by somebody. And we have a former seller performance investigator on our team. And as she'll even say, mm-hmm. she hard, she didn't ever type in seller accounts just randomly to look them up because that what you know, it's not, it wasn't in her job. Right. The Accounts are served to her in like a, you know, right. like this is your queue. This is your list of accounts to work on for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's predetermined. So she would go through those. And if she's not going through those, she's going through extras. The system's going to flag that for a review because it's abnormal behavior. So when you think of, go back to this example, you know if I, if I tell Joe, hey, pull up my account notes, and then I use those notes to make, you know, make an appeal or make, it, make something based on those account notes, well, then when Amazon later finds out that Joe has been doing this, A, Joe's going to get terminated. He may get arrested, right. um, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, but then the sell, what they're going to do is they're simply going to run a, a search and say, what were all the accounts that Joe accessed? And they're going to pull up all these accounts. And then that the Joe accessed without them being in his queue, you know, they'll mm-hmm. put the filter on and then they'll pull up all those accounts and they'll start doing their investigation and they'll start seeing, well, Joe accessed Jeff's account. And then Jeff wrote an appeal a couple days later mm-hmm. that addressed right. stuff that realistically probably, you know, probably would not have had this wording if he didn't know this information and they'll use right. that to build in the case for Jeff for now. So, you know, we've already terminated Joe as an employee, well, now we're going to terminate Jeff Seller account because he bribed an right. Amazon employee, And we actually right. did see that. We had quite a few clients um, that reach out to us after the big sting a couple months ago and whose accounts mm. were terminated. And, you know, and mm. that was, you know, something that we, you know, the recurring theme over and over again was that they'd gotten account annotation reports and used the information in those reports
0: for their benefit. So, yeah. Yeah. And they, when you say terminated, a little bit different than suspended, right? Because, right. Term- so, yeah. termination final.
1: Termination is so it's interesting. <laughs> Amazon says termination's final, but we've successfully gotten accounts reinstated that are terminated. Right. So, right. It's, but it's, I will tell you that, you know, a suspension might take a couple days to a couple weeks to resolve, and a termination takes a couple months to resolve. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, something kind of, Playing, playing, with, uh, with, with fire somewhere. When, when you have this, you know, former like, you know, investigator. Do you, do you ever ask, you know, why do you get these generic responses? Why does it seem like nobody's reading? Like, what I mean, or, or, or is that is that actually true? Like, why does it seem like nobody's actually reading the appeal and they're just hitting like an auto reply button? So there's, uh, there you know, is so it Amazon just factors. kicks it down down the yeah, road it, because they get too much? So there's two
1: factors at play. One is that some of these responses are automated, like they, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've had some cases where we'll send it in, send in an appeal with a seller and the seller will get an email back, you know, 10 minutes later saying we've rejected your appeal that in that case, there's a very high likelihood that the, you know, it hit some, nobody read it and no one even read it. It didn't even get into the queue. It just, it didn't have enough keywords to trigger, to pass on almost like a resume screener for applying for these big companies that, you know, use resume screening software. Yep. So, so that's the first aspect. And then the second aspect is that, you know, there's what's called the, like, I can't remember the exact terminology, but when I was talking to the investigator, she was telling me how they have a, a, a metric that measures accounts that you reinstate that later get re-suspended. And, mm-hmm. if, and that's on the seller performance investigator level. So if the investigator has too many accounts that get re-suspended after being reinstated, Then they have to almost write their own POA to their boss as to why they were basically making bad decisions. Right. So some seller performance investigators can choose to be overly cautious and just deny a lot of Uh, claims because mm -hmm. they don't want that metric to be affected. Right. Um, Or they can, you know, so so that's part of you know that can be part of the issue is it's almost like
0: self preservation. Mm -hmm. Right. They're 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 protecting themselves in case you know, if the, if the appeal isn't incredible, incredible in addressing everything, then they'll just, they'll caution to not, not reinstate the account.
1: Right. Because they don't want, you know, to reinstate the account and then find out, you know, a couple of weeks later that, that, it, you know, that it, there was a, that they made a bad decision and somehow Amazon was frauded out of something. So. Right.
0: Got it. Um, when it comes to product issues and Um, I know there's been more and more regulation around like supplements. Uh, is that mm-hmm. something you're seeing, like supplements getting, you know, taken down or uh, yes, you know, yes. in that area? What what should people in that kind of space? So uh, any yeah, anyone in the regulated spaces like supplements,
1: um, t- children's toys, toys, you know, they you really have to have your documentation before you launch the product. Um, same thing goes for like products that are intended for use of, with children that are not toys. Um, you know, we had a a seller that we helped that made a children's like protective device. I can't say exactly what it was, but, you know, Mm -hmm. and they, they didn't, they didn't realize that, you know, just because even though it's not a toy that it, I I don't,
0: I don't know what it is, but for example, like a helmet, right. Is, is an example of that, a bike helmet.
1: Correct. Yeah. That's a great example of it. And it's like, and that's not the the category we're in, but it's, it's, it's close enough that it makes sense. Yep. it's like people don't realize that if you market a product that's not intended for use as a toy, but it's intended for use of children, a lot of the stuff that applies to toys applies to you in that category. Mm-hmm. You know, even things like, you know, we've seen, you know, like onesies, you know, mm-hmm. children's stuff applies
0: to to onesies, you know, so you really have to, to onesies do onesies have details. a have a flammable versus not flammable and certain, certain things there too. Exactly. Related to them. Um, I. I I've sold those before myself. Um. So, yeah, so you you really need to make sure you are you have the right um, documentation, certification, find out exactly what's necessary. Is that something in consultations, for example, that an attorney can kind of guide you on in terms of like, hey, I'm thinking of launching this product. What might I need in this particular space as far as like lab testing or et cetera?
1: Absolutely. And in fact, I had you know, several of those consultations this week with sellers that like, they they're like, I'm la- thinking about launching product X. What do I need? And like, one of the things we talked about is, well, you need to figure out what the ingredients are because, you know, California Prop 65 could come into play here. And so we mm-hmm. talked about what is Prop 65? How do you look up to what substances are banned in the state of California? You know, mm-hmm. going from there, you know, um, other things that we talk about, you know, is, you know, just, you know, I mean... Any type of regulatory question, we're able to to give guidance on, so that sellers can make those informed decisions on what's yeah. best for their business.
0: Excellent. I think that's I think that's uh, very very valuable to, you know, have a place to to go, ask those questions, get guidance on what you might need, and be protected, and make sure your account, right. you know, your product doesn't get suspended, not just your your particular account, and you know, also not just suspended, but you know, lawsuit from <laughs> you know from from somebody buying the product and you didn't, and, you didn't have exactly. The right to yeah. Well, no, and it's a, a great example.
1: Actually, I, I just helped a seller a couple of weeks ago with a Prop 65 issue where they had been the subject of Prop 65 litigation, mm. and we were able to get them out of it. And so they ended up walking away with nothing, but they still paid us several thousand dollars to get them out of several, like tens of thousands of dollars of proposed right. fines. Um, the, you contrast that with a seller I talked to on Monday who was asking me about their private label product. That I just happened to advise you know I was like, hey, you need to watch out for prop 65 I sent them the link they found out that their product was subject to it, and so that free consultation that I had with the seller that's a member of our seller Basics program on Monday mm-hmm. you know literally you know is the difference between them you know paying 99 bucks a month to us and potentially coming to us paying thousand dollars because of being sued by a, a prop 65 troll so. yeah
0: yeah um, yeah that, that's awesome so what are what are some of the best ways to you know um get in touch is it sellerbasics.com? as far as like finding out more information and and joining that community um and and anything else that you want to share where people can get some some information and resources
1: absolutely so we have a facebook group um we have a free facebook group that sellers can join and ask questions we also have a paid members only facebook group where seller basics members can Mm -hmm. ask questions and we actively you know, we participate in the free one too, but there's just a limit on what we can say. Yep. Whereas in the paid group, we're able to give a lot more insight. Mm-hmm. Um, sellerbasics.com is where people would go to, to sign up. So it's seller basics with an S, sellerbasics.com. And then uh, they can also send us an email, you know, help at sellerbasics.com or hello at sellerbasics. Um, there's, I mean, we're pretty accessible. Um, we yep. even have te- a text message number for our seller basis members. So they can text us 24 hours a day. And while we might not respond at two in the morning, we'll probably respond at
0: like, <laughs> seven or eight. So yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah. I think this is a really, really beneficial resource for sellers. Um, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on kind of talking yeah, thank about you. this and what you're seeing in the space. Um, and um, yeah, check out, uh, check out seller basics. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thanks for letting us talk about some interesting stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're not a member of the e-commerce mindset group, the link is in the show notes. I will see you on the next episode of the e-commerce mindset podcast.